I kind of set a personal boundary that if I was not out in the field, I was going to be dedicating eight hours at home to making phone calls, making connections, talking to mentors, um, learning what I can about business development and marketing and social media. And What's up, everybody? Kevin Wagstaff here. Another episode of Spectora Spotlight. We have Alicia Leviska. I think I'm pronouncing that right. She is sharp. And for those of you that were looking for someone truly from a small town, here it is. You got it. She knows what she wants. She knows her market um, and is just sharp all around. It was just a delight to talk to. So um, I think she's a star in this industry that you maybe never would have heard about if we didn't have her on the pod. And so um, I encourage everybody to, to network with her and reach out. Um, I think she's someone we all can learn from. Very impressive to me um, what she has done up there in the great north. Um, and she is out in the middle of nowhere. So for those of you that say you can't drum up business because you're in a small town, it's the good old boys club, whatever, listen to this one um, and, uh, and learn some things from her. So hope you enjoy. And, uh, and if you all have people in mind like this um, that you think just their voice and their story needs to get out there, shoot me an email, kevin at spectora.com, um, and, we'll, uh, and we'll have them on. All right, everybody. Thanks. Yeah. Very, very nice background artwork. Tell, that's beautiful. Oh. Tell me about that. Yes, I have a young artist in the household. I can tell. <laughs> you got to put those things up. Got to document those things. Yeah, we have the whole house decorated. He feels very special about that. <laughs> How old? Uh, he's five. My oldest is 13 and my middle is seven. Oh, beautiful. Fun ages. Yeah. yeah. I have a 14-year-old, so I remember all those ages and they're all pretty great. Yeah, yeah. We have good spacing. It's fun. Very nice. Uh well, thanks for taking time to chat. I did you was it uh, the post that Lorna put up that you saw about growing in a small town? Is that how we? Got I connected? did, yes, I did, and I was like, oh, that's so me. I live in the middle of nowhere in a <laughs> <tiny> town. <laughs> well, that's great because I I actually had a few requests from inspectors that said, yeah, hey Kevin, it's great that this company in Houston's blowing up and they're growing like crazy, but what about us small town folks? That's like a lot of us out there. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, so like if you want to give a quick intro to yourself and kind of where you're at in your journey um, to let everyone know, and then we'll just jump into to kind of how, how the journey's gone so far. Sure. So we'd have to rewind a few years. Um, I actually started um, my very own, my first business, I started out as a house cleaner. Um, the area that I live in, we have a ton of cabins, a ton of seasonal tourism, Okay. And there was a big need for that. And I was working part-time um, for a plumbing and heating company. And I kind of wanted to have a little bit of flexibility to set my own schedule and earn some extra income. And I thought, well, I'll start out doing house cleaning and, and cabin turnovers, which kind of morphed into, hey, can you check on my cabin in the winter? Hey, who do you recommend for lawn care? Who's a good plumber? Who's a good HVAC? Can you come fix this? Can I give you a repair budget? What about this thing? And Whoa. and it kind of grew and grew and grew. Um, and I realized I'm trustworthy and I can do this. And these people need this service. They need one person where their secondary home is or where their cabin is that they can rely on to get certain things done when they can't be around to do it. Right. Um, so from there, um, I actually branched off 
uh, quit my, my regular day job, did that full time, went into um, biohazard cleanup, <laughs> which was an interesting field. Yeah, I had my name in the paper and they featured my business and everything. And, um, you know, time went on and before we knew it, we had three kids. So my, my time allotted to my children outweighed my time that I was able to work in the field. Um, so we just kind of made the decision to pause on business endeavors, spend some time with the kids, um, keep me at home for a little bit. And then when our youngest was two, I felt kind of ready to go back and start working in the field again. Um, and I started working for a company that primarily focuses in um, doing home inspections for banks and insurance companies and appraisal firms. So I got in with them because with my preceding skill sets, I had a lot of the, the knowledge and, and things that they were looking for in, right. in an inspector. And they were willing to train, which was great. Mm-hmm. So I worked with them, um, worked my way up to a management position and was training all of our onboarding inspectors to become inspectors. Um, to branch out their qualifications into commercial inspection, farm inspection. Um, we had kind of a niche of doing a specific type of roof inspection. And, and all in all, there was about 20 different types of home inspections that they would order from us. Wow. Um, including um, BPO data sets for appraisers and things like that, like desktop appraisal data sets. Mm-hmm. So um, I absolutely fell in love with the industry doing that. Um, I don't know what it is or if you've had that experience talking to home inspectors who just have this love affair with with the whole the industry as a whole. Seriously, it's it just it never gets old to me. Never. Um, uh, however, that side of the industry is starting to switch over to virtual inspections and yeah. Yep, homeowner led inspections. Um, I was a consultant and a pilot tester on some of those programs and, and we got them off the ground. But, you know, my values didn't really align with those types of programs. Um, I struggled with putting my seal of approval and my name on these inspection reports for homes that I had never visited. Um, so, you know, Kudos to them for trying to keep up with the technology and, and you know, especially during COVID, it, it did come in handy in, in some circumstances for some clients, mm-hmm. but um, that wasn't a direction that I wanted to stay with. Um, I wanted to be at the homes. I wanted to be meeting people. I wanted to be, uh, you know, talking with, with subs and talking with the clients. So. Um, staring at a computer screen and, and looking at, you know, venting pictures all day and toilet <laughs> pictures all day. <laughs> it's not the Wasn't, same. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> um, so I, I had to make the choice. Do I stick with this company and, and the line of work that I love or do I do a total career change and find something else? And uh, it took a little bit of soul searching. Mm-hmm. And I made the decision to start my own company. Um you know, it's just me right now, but I am only two and a half months in mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and things are going well. So I think I would be trending to, to be able to add inspectors within the next couple of years, for sure, if not within the next year. 
Um, and that would be the, the ultimate goal. Well, first of all, congrats on this journey. That's this, this is not what I expected. That's an amazing kind of windy <laughs> path to getting where you're at. What were some of those decision points in your mind when you said you, you thought about it a lot? What, what were you weighing when you were thinking, okay, comfortable job, but maybe not the direction I want to go. What else? Yeah. Um, on that side of the industry, there is a big push for production. Mm. So like I had said, there was a, about 20 or so different types of home inspection reports that could be ordered from us. And we were allotted a short time frame to complete those. Wow. Um, so I would be doing up to 10 inspections a day, uh, which does not give enough time to really collect the entirety of the information that we need to collect. And if you were able to do seven, eight, nine, ten 10 in a day, that was great. But there was always that undertone of you need to do more. You need to fit more clients and you're not going fast enough. Um, you need to get to more places. And I cover and, and still cover a 55,000 square mile territory. Okay. So to get to my first stop of the day, I may have to travel three hours just to get to that first stop and then work eight to 10 hours in that area and then drive two or three hours back home and then finish all of my reports and have them submitted. So, um, you said these were like, like these could be banks, commercial properties. You said this is a kind of a smattering of types of inspections, right? Yep. So we were doing, um, loss prevention and mitigation for insurance companies. Okay. Um, we did do some four point inspections. I know our inspector friends in Florida are very familiar with that. Mm -hmm. um, living in Minnesota, we have a lot of residents here who have homes in Florida because they spend their summers here and right. then they go to Florida for the winter. So if their primary policies are written out of Florida, they need a four point inspection on their home in Minnesota. Interesting. Um, yep. So we would do those. Um, like I was saying, we would do lender reports. Um, we did a lot for the the big lenders out there, like Fannie Mae, um, like full foreclosure analysis and, and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so it, it's most of the same things that traditional pre-purchase home inspectors do, uh, just done in a little bit different of a way. Here's a selfish question. Did they make, did they have a certain software they required you to use or did, was it? They just did. Okay. And I'm really glad that you asked that because <laughs> when I made the decision to leave that particular branch of the home inspection industry, which a lot of people don't know even exists. <laughs> right. Some of this is new to me. Some of them like, Oh, yeah. prevention and mitigation. I'm like, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, we had what I thought was a pretty decent set of software. Um, we, I operated completely paperless. Mm -hmm. Um, and even when we would be meeting with homeowners and we're staring down at our phones, you know, and do, do, do entering in our information, they're like, Oh, what are you, what are you doing? Can I see your screen? That's so interesting. So I knew when I was going to transition away from that, going out and starting my own company, I needed to find high quality software. Um, I needed to focus on its capabilities more, um, and because I see the value of being able to complete reports on site. Um, the first part of my employment in that industry, we were completing our inspection reports in the evenings, you know, burning the midnight oil. And it just, I did not want to go back to that. It's so 
exhausting and you are on a path to burnout if you do that. So um, thank you to you, <laughs> to you guys, <laughs> because uh, yeah, I remember just going through my trial of Spectora and it was like every click was, oh, this is awesome. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Yes. Even I remember even the flashlight icon on the main screen that you can turn on. And I was like, wow, these people get it because I can certainly pull out my flashlight. But also if I already have my phone here and I can just click the flashlight button, they know what they're doing. <laughs> so uh, you, you had me sold right from the get go. Very cool. I can only imagine. Um, I, I always think about these big insurance companies. I'm sure everyone thinks, oh, let's just build our own in-house and then it it gets neglected or it just doesn't quite, you know, hit the mark. So I'm always curious what the big banks and insurance companies use. And yeah, they had, um, originally outsourced to a software program, um, that was just sold at wholesale and it was actually marketed towards appraisers in the beginning. Right. And then they kind of added their own code to it to expand it for what, for what we needed to do with it. And then, um, they ended up buying out the software and totally rewriting it for us because, it is kind of a niche industry, but we also need a ton of capabilities to do what we need to do to be able to complete things in the field. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Such a fragmented industry. Cause you're right. So many of these inspection types, so specific, and we get requests every now and then from bizarre types of inspections that ask if they can modify it for ship inspections or something. And it's just like, yeah, I thought of that. So anyway, yep. <laughs> I've done houseboats, um, island properties, plane access only, snowmobile access only, um, hike-ins. I specialized a lot in remote properties. Um, we have a lot of what we call unorganized territory here. Um, Minnesota is kind of like that hidden Alaska of, <laughs> of the United States here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm about two and a half hours south of the Canadian border, and, and there's areas here where there, you literally can't get there because there's no roads. So you have to have a plane to get in or, or other transportation to get in. Wow. Um, so the company I was working for definitely marketed that because if you have a property that has a remote access, you still have to insure it. You still have to go through the bank to buy it. Right. You have to get somebody out there to look at it. And you're um, that person. I was that person. Yeah. And I, I still am. <laughs> awesome. So let's, let's rewind back to the day you decided you know what? I'm going to start my own thing. I'm going to hang my own shingle and be a home inspector. Yep. What did you do from there? What was the, what was the day one like? So I called my boss at the time and, and we work remotely. So my boss was based in another state. And, um, I said, uh, I think I need to put my resignation in. And there was a period of silence there. <laughs> and he said, you, you can't do that. I need you. And I said, I have to do this. And um, we talked for about an hour. He begged, begged for me to stay. He offered, offered, you know, a significant pay raise. And, and I said, I can't, I can't do this. I'm really sorry. And he was wonderful. So I really felt bad doing that. Um, my coworkers are, were amazing. So um, I hung up the phone. And the first thing I did is log into the Secretary of State website, filed my LLC, because I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm doing it right now, cold turkey, and we're going full time. Um, uh, I started um, playing around with Spectora and fig figuring out how can I make this work for me? Um, how can I write my templates so my clients are treated the way that I want them to be treated? How, how can I 
do a home inspection the way I want to do it. Um, and, and that's the, the total customization was, was just, it blew me away what, what you can do with it. Um, and I started, you know, telling people that I was going to be starting my own company even before. Okay. That's I, important. I, yep. About two months before I quit my job, I started letting my friends and family know this, this is what I'm doing. This is my timeline you know, posting on my personal social media. Hey guys, this is the direction I'm going. I'm not quite ready yet, but I'll let you know. Um, I reached out to the realtor that we have worked with to buy and sell all of our houses up until now. Um, and, and he's great. And we told him right away and he said, wow, I'd really love to work with you. Let me know when you're up and running and, and we'll see what we can do. And um, my husband had a couple of friends that he went to high school with that went on to be successful realtors and uh they you know we told them even even before i had a website and they were excited as well so um i'm going through spectora for my website build and that turned out awesome it, it was great to see the launch and it was like it's such a um, level of anticipation when you have this vision in your head and um you know, you get the email from your Spectora person and it says, Hey, your website's ready and you open it up and it just looks beautiful. It's beautiful. I was looking at it before we got on, like the color schemes, it just matches with your brand. And, uh, it just makes me feel like North makes me feel like you're from the North. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just tried to, um, learn as much as I could about the marketing and the business side of things, because obviously in that, I mean, I'm only two and a half months in, so I'm still in that baby stage, you know, yeah. but, but even in those first few days and weeks, I knew that, you know, my phone's not just going to all of a sudden start ringing. Once I hit publish on the website, you, right. you have to put the work in every day. So, um, I kind of set a personal boundary that if I was not out in the field, I was going to be dedicating eight hours at home to making phone calls, making connections, talking to mentors, um, learning what I can about business development and marketing and social media. And, um, I have a long way to go, but that's, that's what I've done on every single day that I'm not in the field. Um, well, kudos. I have a few follow-up questions. Kudos to you for having the confidence, um, to just start telling people ahead of time. A lot of people, a lot of inspectors I'll say, uh, identify as perfectionists, which is just usually a, a mask for fear of failure, uh, you know, let's be yeah. real. They think they have to have everything buttoned up before telling people what gave you the confidence to mention it to your personal network ahead of time. Um, I think my previous experience, um, not only my previous experience as an inspector, but I think what really drove home my confidence level with announcing was my experience training all of those onboarding inspectors. Right. Um, I was training all of our oncoming staff in Minnesota and they started to send me people from other states. So, um, and we took on everybody from, um, one of my best employees was a lady in her fifties who was getting out of selling window treatments and she, <laughs> and she just latched on to, to our training time together. And still to this day works for that company and is one of their top inspectors. So we, we took anybody that, um, 
you know, met the guidelines for the position, but also had a strong will to learn and keep learning. Um, and I think that's with, with home inspection, you have to recognize that you're never going to know it all. You're always going to be learning every single house that you pull up to, you're going to learn something from that house. Every agent you talk to, you're going to learn something from them. Every client you speak to, you're going to learn something. Um, so where in those situations, they looked to me as the expert, I got to experience them cutting their teeth and listening to what they were dealing with and their fears. And well, what if I make a mistake or what if I, you know, make a, a big error on a report or what if I say something out of place to a client and everybody is going to make mistakes. You're just going to do it and you have to move on. Um, there's no such thing as perfection. Um, but you can learn from those mistakes and you can do better. I love that. I, and teaching, yeah, teaching is the ultimate way to test knowledge. Right. And so I, I love that you had that confidence from that. And I, I encourage every new inspector to get over that confidence hump and just tell people you're going to be in business, give them a timeline, because you know what, if you have any personal equity or brand built up with your network, most of them will be excited. Mm -hmm. you know, I think if you if you have a fear that they wouldn't want to hire the new person, then to me, that's like an internal evaluation people need to do um, of how you're perceived. What, how did you know who to call? What did you do in terms of research? Because you mentioned you made the commitment to call, learn about social media and marketing. What, yeah. what, what did that look like specifically? Were you Googling the basics? How did you find agents to call? Yeah. So here, here's a secret. Um, I hate approaching agents. <laughs> I, I think every home inspector hates that. Most do. Most do. Um, yes. I'm not a salesman. I, and I, I don't enjoy selling, you know, because as an inspector, especially when you're the only person, you are the brand. Right. So it feels almost like you're a used car salesman walking into some of these places. Um, and I know that everybody has their own things that they say or their own freebies that they give away or, or, or they maybe they choose not to speak about themselves and their business and, and everybody has a, a way that they go about it. Um, all of that is seriously uncomfortable for me. <laughs> so um, what I actually started doing was reaching out to um, everybody but. Um, so there's a couple of companies in my area that only do radon testing. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I can, I can talk on the phone. I can call him and I can tell him I'm a home inspector and I'm looking to outsource my radon testing. Are you interested in talking more with me? Can we meet for coffee? Could I run by your house real quick and pick up a stack of your business cards? Everybody that I've talked to on the phone is more than happy to sit down and, and spend 15, 20 minutes with you and a cup of coffee or hand you a stack of business cards. Um, and those people then will meet you face to face and say, oh yeah, I just met this new inspector from the next town over. Here's her card or here's his card. Um, I've reached out to um, contractors. Um, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, could I just pick up some of your business cards? And that has worked really well. And then what I also did, because we have such a small town here, um, everybody knows everybody. Um, there's a couple of local business Facebook pages where um, there's a small handful. One focuses on just, you know, advertising small businesses. 
So mm -hmm. I, I'm allowed to post in there. So our local community members see me and what I'm doing. Okay. Um, almost every client I've had thus far, and I'm averaging two to four inspections a week, which is pretty good for just being in so it good. for two and a half months. So good. Um, everybody has said, I found you online. I saw your post in the Facebook group. Um, my neighbor from when I was four years old lives up there and saw, you know, your business card at a local gas station or something like that. Um, or they just Google search and they find me here. Um, not very many of the other inspectors in this area have a website. Um, they either don't have a website or they don't advertise, um, let alone have a Google listing. Wow. Yeah. Hold my mind. I know. <laughs> I'm actually writing this down. This might be the title. This something here might be the title of this episode. <laughs> um, because what an advantage, right? Just by being in the game and yeah. being there, you're kind of just getting found. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get a lot of people that move to this area from other areas. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's people from the St. Paul, Minneapolis area that are moving up here because we are the definition of up north. You know, you go up north to the cabin, you go up north to go fishing or hunting. And when they're in the process of home shopping up here and I'm meeting with them because they've chosen the home they want, we're doing the inspection. They also have no idea who to call as far as Who's a good plumbing contractor? Who's a good, you know, HVAC guy? Who can come clean my gutters? Who can plow snow out of my driveway? Um, I don't have one particular company that that I give to them and say call this one person, but I try to give them three people, you know, in each each um, line of work and say here here's three good HVAC companies in the area and and all of them I'm confident in. Here's three guys that are reliable from plowing. Here's three people that can um, take care of building that shed that you wanted or something like that. Um, it's living in an area like this. We tend to run about 30 to 40 years behind the times. And I think people, <laughs> people who live way out of the cities can relate to that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. there are very successful, very well-known businesses, um, that are making a lot of money in our area and they don't even have a website. So right. for the people who are coming into our area that are trying to Google up people to call, or they may have to pull open an actual telephone book to look up somebody, <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> um, which just blows their mind, you know? Yeah. So that's why I'm going to go out and, and ask these people for their cards and talk to them. Um, yeah. And I don't refer just anybody. If, if I'm working in an area and I'm not sure who to refer those people to, I will call three different companies. And if they answer their phone appropriately, hi, I'm so-and-so with such and such company, I will tell them who I am and what type of services my client needs and try to feel them out. And, um, but if they don't answer their phone professionally, or if I have to leave a voicemail, they don't get my reference. Um, and that's the best I can do for my clients. Wow. There's so many places I want to take this conversation because I'm, this is a theme in our industry and we're actually actively working on ways for inspectors to be able to digitize and put in these recommended contractors to be able to have a list for their clients or to be able to send it to people that ask. Um, and so I'm very fascinated by this idea because I think you're already leveraging that trust and that relationship um, as inspectors should. A lot of them have that mm -hmm. trust and that personal relationship, but a lot of them shy away from that um, because they don't want to put their name on the line, which I yeah. think 
I think that's, it's ridiculous, I think, to not do that and provide value to your clients. Yeah, you have you have to get used to putting your, your name out there. You have to do that. And I always tell people, if, if I refer you to someone and you don't have a good experience, please tell me. Um, please call me or text me or send me an email and let me know so I can consider that. Yeah, you want that. And that's taking so much ownership. And I love that. And I think that's you say it in such a matter of fact, direct way that I think people need to hear that. So I think that that's outstanding. Um, what do you feel about the, how do you think about the concept? Cause there's definitely a good contingent of inspectors out there that say, okay, if I don't recommend someone, they're going to just Google it or go to a home advisor or Yelp or whatever, and, and probably find someone and may have a good experience. They may have a bad experience. They just say, it's not my thing if they do start recommending people, um, some of them are like, well, I want to get paid for that uh, because I'm providing the lead, um, mm -hmm. whether that's through a flat fee for advertising or um, whatever. And then some say, I don't want to get paid at all because I just want it to be a good faith kind of word of mouth kind of thing. What's your take on you being the, the source of the lead and, you know, home advisor charges probably 10, 20, 30 bucks for leads or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've heard in small towns that some, I've heard some people say, yeah, that'd be fine because they pay for leads either way. And then some people would say that would be tough because it's a very tight knit community. Yeah. Um, so for me and my culture and our community and, and the way that I'm currently operating my business, I'm kind of thriving on word of mouth and right now charging for leads uh, or, or taking a kickback is not something I'm doing. Um, I think that each inspector should make their own decision and kind of feel out their own industry because it might be a good idea in another area, in another community, or like, I don't know what the culture in the community is where other people live. So right. for different. here and for what I'm doing, uh, it doesn't fit in with what I'm doing. Does the idea excite you of being able to uh, digitally send those, those leads to people, or does everyone say, just give me the business card <laughs> still? Um, I think it depends on the client and I think it depends on the vendor. Um, I'm, I'm, I just have all these business names rolling through my head of local people right now. And, and a lot of, we still have people, Kevin, who operate their business 100% from the landline hanging on their kitchen wall. <laughs> That's true. That's so right. there yep. would be nowhere to send that lead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, and that's, I think it just depends on knowing the culture of your community and the area that you're sending. And some of those guys who operate on just a landline will give you the best customer service and, and, and job and experience and work that you've ever had. So um, they still should have a website <laughs> <laughs> and they should, you know, something out there, but yeah. you know, that's not how they operate. Um, yeah. They're comfortable. Yeah comfortable going at the pace they're at and that's, and that works for them. And that's great. You know, the ones that say, yeah, I'm just going to ride this out, you know, for the next five to 10 years and they like, where yeah, I think, um, some of those older, um, men and women that are, you know, maybe looking at the horizon, looking at, um, retirement age, I think they see the younger people coming into the trade industries and we have Facebook and Instagram and, and other social media and, you know, beautifully professionally designed websites and Google listings. And we're beginning to collect Google reviews yeah. and it's probably intimidating to them. 
Um, and I think some of them can even lash out towards younger people um, where some of those folks have been around providing service for 40 or 50 years, but they don't have a single Google review. And I, I know um, that that might not mean anything. You know, you, you might get really good service going to those, those people. But the fact of the matter is people are going to Google to find what they need. Um, so I think, you know, finding some mentors in those older, that, that a generation that's above us, um, yeah. as far as the industry and education. Um, and then maybe we can, we can pray and some of them will, will come to us for technology tips or something. I don't they know. should. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a, they gotta be, it's a, it's a vulnerability issue. I think where it's very, it's not something they grew up with. It's not something, um, they, they adopt and adapt too easily. So I get it. Um, it's, and it's testing everyone's ability to kind of adapt and be malleable to, to new things. So, um, but I think our yeah. industry, you know, you mentioned small towns being 30, 40 is our industries, maybe five to 10 years behind. And we're obviously trying to do our part to compress that down to make sure yeah. all the sectors are only a couple years behind or not behind at all. Um, so I love what you're doing. And I love your, your adoption of all that. I can see a hybrid model in the future of some of these referrals going digitally to people that want them emailed to them. And then, like you said, the guys that are still pen and paper landline handing the business card to, uh, to your clients. Yeah. Um, what, what else has worked well or not worked well for you in these first couple months? Um, any, any stories or pitfalls or um, maybe times where you just kind of hit a wall and you're like, well, what do I do? Um, I think what has worked the best so far, um, is just telling the people in your day-to-day -day life what you're doing. Um, I think that our closest friends and family are going to be a new inspector's greatest asset. Um, if you, if you think about your Instagram or your Facebook, or even just scroll through your cell phone at your contacts and look at the people that you talk to every day or maybe the people that you only interact with a few times a year like somebody you, you graduated high school with or something like that and you read their posts and you see their their you know cute dog or something like that but um don't be afraid to send them a message or just call them and say i know you don't live in this area anymore but i know your parents do and um, just letting you know that I started a new business and this is what I I'm doing. And if you know anybody who's buying a house, I would love to take a look at it for them. Um, and I think just putting yourself out there with, with your you know, closest contacts, it, it might not be a real estate agent or a real estate group or anything like that, but they might, um, you know, pay closer attention to the things that you're posting online and they're going to be able to refer business to you. And I've had a lot of referrals come from just that. I think this might be one of the single most underrated growth hacks for the new inspector. I think you really hit on a gem there. I, I cause you, everyone knows 50, hundred people yeah. in a direct one-to-one -one message over social media gets looked at. Um, and I, and that's better probably than a blast. You could do a blast. I think that's great, but that's going to get missed by 90% of the people, right? Cause their feed will scroll it down or they'll just, they'll miss it. But if you message someone with like a genuine message, like you just said, yep. I just think that's going to compound over time. I think that's great. 
Um, so what, so what, what are you, cha- what challenges are you facing right now? So like you're, you're starting to roll now. So you got yeah. you know, two to four, which is great. So right now, um, in our area, and I'm sure I know it varies depending on what area of the country you're in or, or what country you're practicing out of. Um, a lot of buyers are waiving the inspections because the, the real estate market is in such a bizarre place right now. Yep. Um, and then living up here, we're about two and a half hours north of Minneapolis, like I was saying, and a lot of people are kind of migrating out of the city or they're looking in that, you know, one hour, you know, reasonable driving range of the metro areas. So they're, they're looking at expanding and um, it, it's totally vicious. I mean, I have a friend that just sold her house and they had a hundred showings and 22 offers in 48 hours. Wow. Um, so I really feel for the agents right now that are trying to handle all of this too. Um, everybody the the buyers the sellers the agents the lenders um every contractor that's involved in the transaction i don't think anybody can keep up it's such a whirlwind um so i think as many inspectors some people have seen a little bit of a drop in business when you're operating as a a one-man show because people are just waiving inspections um, of course, we never recommend that, but I, I totally understand when these people have put offers in on some of them are off putting offers in and losing out on like seven, eight, nine, 10, 15 different places. And they just are down to the wire. Their house has sold. They need to get into a place. They have to find a place to live. Um, and we have a pretty significant rental house shortage in Minnesota. So even for people who've considered, you know, renting for a year or two, and then buying when the market kind of stabilizes a little bit, it's not always an option here. Wow. Are you seeing people, um, or are you offering anything like a, a post close, you know, safety inspection for the people that, cause it's one thing to waive the contingency. Are you still seeing people get an inspection or are they just saying, we're not even going to think about doing an inspection? Yeah. Um, I have had some people ask me what I think about them, you know, submitting their offer without the contingency, but then hiring me still in that in-between period to look at the house. Mm -hmm. And I have found that the agents involved don't like that. What? Yes. Why? Um, In fact, I was sternly talked to by an agent regarding that even though i had not been hired yet it was just somebody that had called me to, to you know hear my thoughts right yeah um uh i am one of the inspectors that is doing you know the pre-offer consultations like the walk and talks right. the walkthroughs um i think some inspectors feel that that waters the industry down and i i don't think that it is the right thing for every customer in every situation um I have had a number of investors utilize that. Right. Um, there are some really good, really heartfelt investors out there that see the housing shortage here, the rental shortage, and they really do want to, you know, make a difference and uh, and provide homes or you know safe living situations to people that might not be able to buy right now. Right. Um, but some of these investors you know have their name in many different hats and they can't get to every single property that they'd like to see and with 
the absorption rate being less than three days here, they don't even have enough time uh, to put offers in on these places, let alone get there. So I've had some investors take advantage of that. Um, it's worked out well for them because they're pretty educated in, in you know, the defects and commonalities and things like that. Um, and then it's, it's good, or it can be good, I think, for those people who they're on a time crunch and their closing date is approaching for the home that they're exiting. And now they're looking for their next place. And they're maybe, I had one person that was down to two weeks left and still, still hadn't found a place. So um, I think they just need a professional set of eyes to go with them yeah. um, and, and help them out. Um, and like, I don't know if it's something that I would offer in any other real estate climate than this, but I think it can be a good, thing for those people that know that they can't get an offer accepted with an inspection contingency, especially the people who are utilizing like the FHA loan programs and RD and USDA and, and the VA, they're being just trampled to death in this um, because you have people coming in right above them that are just swooping in with, with three or $400,000 cash and just closing the deal. Right. Um, yeah. That's so. a good point. That's a great point. And I think you worded it perfectly of saying for the people that we're not going to do a regular inspection anyway, as a, from a pure business standpoint, it's better than nothing. And yeah. it is still a good service to the client because they get a professional set of eyes on it. So that, I think that's worded pretty well. Um, but on the agent side, do they worry that someone's going to see, get like learn about a defect and then it'll tank the deal ultimately? I think so. I think that's probably what the fear is. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had two clients in the last week that their agent tried to talk them out of an inspection. Um, it, it blows me away. I, I never, you know, coming into this side of the home inspection industry, my experience dealing with agents was pretty limited. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I didn't expect that, but I, I see that that's not all too uncommon and it's unfortunate. Yeah. You can't say, but I can. I think it's bullshit. And I think some of the the old guard in the in the industry, the agents that have that old school mentality of just protecting the commission need to stop. They need to think about their client's education about the home they're moving into. Yeah. I was an agent and I saw I saw both sides of it. I saw, you know, the agents that had that old school mentality of like just get the job done. And then there's another mentality kind of that's gaining steam, I think, which is whatever's best for my client, because this is a lifelong relationship. And three months later, it will come back to me as an agent. If, if I didn't guide them properly or, or recommend what's best for them. Yep. I agree. Um, I think that every home has a buyer and I think every buyer has a home. So if there is things revealed in an inspection that a buyer is not prepared to pay for, or a seller's not prepared to pay for it, it was a mismatch from the beginning. Um, and they need to find the right home for them, for them. So, um, yeah. It's a, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of inspectors out there don't know how to react to it. And I think uh, one of my recommendations to one inspector was like, fall back on your relationships with your agents, because the more they trust you and the more they believe that you're going to keep everything in context and just truly educate the buyer the less they're likely to like shy away from the inspection because they think you're going to um, be an alarmist about something that's not that important. Yep. Um, 
So you talked about wanting to hire in the future. So what is the vision? Uh, do you think about vision a lot? Do you think about, you know, what, what it's going to look like in six months or a year? How big are you on that? Um, yeah, so that's something that I've thought about a lot. Um, I'm just kind of now beginning to look at what are other multi-inspector firms, what are they doing? Um, what does their model look like? Because the area that I'm providing service to, it's intense as far as travel times, you know, two to three hours one way. Um, but I find myself thinking, what if I did have an inspector that was closer to St. Paul, Minneapolis, that can service both inside the city and just outside the city? Um, what happens if I hire someone going towards the Fargo area? Because I'm about three hours, three hours and 40 minutes um, east of Fargo, North Dakota, which is a big area. Oh, yeah. um, still, you know, I could you know, I, I just find myself, wh what can I do? How can I do this? What would that look like for me? What does training an inspector look like? Um, my husband is getting more interested in inspecting. He's, he's, he's been toying with the idea, um, can I learn to do this? And, and he owns a small business and he works full time at that small business. But, um, He'll be coming with me to an inspection on Thursday because we have a 6,000 square foot house to do. And I said, you have to come with me. Cool. <laughs> Otherwise, I won't get this done. <laughs> right. But, um, so right so far, um, it's worked out well taking him with me. Um, he knows a fair amount. And, mm -hmm. and if he doesn't know, he'll come ask me or, or, we'll, or we'll look it up together what we're looking at. Um, but he has kind of a particular knack for electrical. And so I know that if and that's another great feature of spectora is um that's my landline ringing uh you, yes you we live it. in an area with no it's it's probably nothing um you won't be the first inspector uh taking a call action during the during the interview sorry about that but he um i think it rings four or five times and then quits but um uh with spectora you can have two inspectors doing the same house at the same time, working in a different area of the forms. Right. And the first time that we did that together, I was like, wow, this, you know, even if I wasn't working at the same house with my husband, what if I had hired a staff member? Um, and how, what would that look like for me as a trainer training an apprentice? Um, and it was so smooth, you know, like I said, he doesn't really need any training in electrical. He's got experience with that. So I, he, he was able to easily learn the software just quickly. Um, he kind of helped me with my free trials. So he had some familiarity with it. Um, but, you know, moving through the house, he was able to complete all of the electrical inspection. And I kind of went back and looked at what he did and, and it was okay. And then we just were able to, to mesh that together with the report and, um, yeah, that, that capability was just awesome. Um, you know, uh, husband, wife teams, I've seen so many of them do, do amazing things and, and grow nicely and build a life, you know, around a growing business. So that, that sounds exciting. Remind me to connect you with Aaron Marjala out of Wisconsin. He runs a, a remote team basically and runs, um, he lives in, you know, cities that are hours apart and has inspectors in each one. Um, okay. great guy, early Spectora user been with us since almost day one. Um, 
Yeah, Wisconsinites and Minnesotans are kind of like, you know, one in the same. <laughs> I was going to say, he's, he's yeah. nice. He's one of my faves because he's just a great guy. So, and he's, uh, he's even got the accent and everything. So you guys will get along. Uh, well, cool. What else? Uh, yeah. What else is top of mind for you nowadays? Kind of what, what do you think about in terms of the industry or kind of your business? What I just want to know, I always like asking just like, what's interesting to you? Like what, what's dominating your mind space when it comes to your business and industry? Yeah. Right now, um, for the last couple of weeks, I've been, um, learning about and trying to develop, um, <clears throat> the ongoing communications with my client, mm -hmm. um, things that, go beyond just like the follow-up auto prompts that Spectora offers us. Mm -hmm. I'm talking more like, um, you know, through a, a mass host like MailChimp or Constant Contact or something like that. Yeah. Nothing that's salesy, but just maybe like a 12-month reel of like once a month maintenance tips um, or something where, and, and I don't have any concrete plan here. I've been just, you know, learning what's out there for these provider, these email providers and, and different things. Um, but or you know just updates with the company um and things like that and just sending them out so even just once a month my logo my name my business name is in front of them because like how we talked about earlier your your personal friends and family are, are some of your greatest assets so are your past clients um and it doesn't really matter who they are it's either a young family that just purchased their their first home and statistically they're going to be moving again within the next you know five seven ten years or um, older people who are buying their retirement home, they're going to have kids and grandkids that are moving and they're going to need an inspection too. So um, I think keeping a very simplistic level of repeated communication with past clients is kind of what I'm looking at next. I love that. I think the newsletter massively underutilized in our industry as well. Um, we have a MailChimp integration, so you, that may that may be helpful. I just helpful. activated that. <laughs> <laughs> just did that um, either last night or this morning. Very and, cool. Yep, and I, I sent out my first mass email to the agents that I've worked with recently, and um, it's really fun to be able to see who opens their emails and how yeah. many times they open them, and um, so that was fun. Um, and I had a really high rate of open on that, so that was mm -hmm. cool. That you're yeah. doing something right then. I yeah. love nerding out to open rates and click through rates. And uh, it's so much to learn. It's almost overwhelming, but it's fun. It's it's really fun. I like that part of it. You embody kind of what I teach in like a new inspector class um, with Internachi every month is you have more time than money when you're new. So learn how to do things. It sounds like yeah. you, you're just like, you know what? I'm going to be an email marketer today and <laughs> I'm going to go learn what it takes to do it right. We're... Yep. Where's that mentality come from? Just always having to figure things out throughout life or? Um, I think so. So I was raised by a single mom and I'm an only child. So it was just my mom and I, my whole life. So growing up, um, if the lawnmower broke, my mom learned how to fix it. She would go pick up a user manual or a repair manual and she would fix it. And uh, if the car needed an oil change and she didn't know how to do it, she would call my grandpa and he'd talk her through it on the phone. Or um, I remember her borrowing the neighbor's chainsaw one day and she's dropping like, you know, 40 foot aspen trees in the front yard of our little tiny city house. And I remember her setting the, the chainsaw down going, see who needs a man. You know? <laughs> and but But she always raised me to say, you know, don't, and she was a teacher too. 
Mm-hmm. And she always said, don't ever turn down an opportunity, opportunity to learn something new. Even if you don't need it right now, you're going to come to a point in your life where you're going to, you're going to need that knowledge. And if, if you don't know how to do something, never be afraid to pursue and find out how to do it or who you need to talk to, to learn how to do it. Mm. That's wisdom right there. That's honoring, <laughs> that's honoring moms right there. I can respect that. I really love that because talk about a job in a, and a, um, an occupation that requires you to wear 10 hats daily, weekly, it's, it's home inspecting because you're everything. You are. I mean, you're the business guy, the, the email marketer, the, the customer service, sales, the paper <laughs> pusher, the HVAC <laughs> consultant, the septic, you know, person yeah. and all of that. So yeah, it totally. Well, I want to be mindful of your time here. Um, this has been great. Did we not cover anything that you wanted to cover or chat about? This no, is- I think it, I think it was great. I would just offer the utmost encouragement to, to new inspectors. And even though I was an inspector in one side of the industry and now coming into this side, I'm still brand new and still learning new things. And um, sometimes you just have to just go do it and just tell yourself I can do hard things. <laughs> And that comes from someone that's in the thick of it. And that's what I love. That's why I love that you're only two and a half months in, because I think you're living it. You're speaking it. Um, I'm sure people are going to want to reach out to you. What's the best way to get a hold of you? We, we can, I'll put the website in the description. Yeah. My website has uh, the contact form and my email address is on there. It's Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A at nor- GoNorthernEar.com. Um, Northern Ear is N-O-R-T-H-E-R-N-E-E-R. Uh, instead of pioneer, we're northern ear. Northern ear. I love it. Um, cool. I'll link to it all. I'm sure people are going to want to network with you. I think, I think new inspectors don't reach out enough to other new inspectors and kind of have that kind of cohort mentality because it's an isolating industry, especially if you live in a small town and you layer on the fact that entrepreneurship's lonely, you know, we're both, we're both entrepreneurs and it feels lonely sometimes where you just want to bounce stuff off people. So I'm sure sure you'll you'll gather a little following from this great um well thanks for the time i really appreciate it great stuff and uh and let's keep in touch i'll be i'll be keeping tabs on the journey yeah thanks so much kevin i appreciate you having me on this was awesome awesome well have a great rest of your day you too take care Bye.